um, the book of Ruth here is, uh, you know, uh, they figure it was written by Samuel. And, and, and really it's an account that happens at, uh, during the time of Judges. Um, and and you know, some of the things that we have to think about was these are real people at this time of their life when this was going on uh, during this. And, 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 and I, I always like to see where we put the personal application for our own life in, into in the scripture. And to me, this opens up to a, a wide variety of different things. And, and um, did you ever think where your name came from? How your name was picked out? Now, it's different nowadays than it used to be. Um, you know, in the biblical times, it used to be names for um, certain things that were going on in their life and, and, and what, it, what it meant. But, uh, Irene, do you know that your name is, it means peace? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you can only tell us that that's true. <laughs> but uh, um, my name, I, I, I looked it up years ago, and, and my dad could always, he never could quite figure me out. Um, I wasn't one to stay s still for too long. Um, you know, I, I, I think I shared this before, but I grew up in, on the carnival, uh, eight years old, uh, until I was 28, I was, I was out on the carnival. And, um, and we wandered all over the place. I mean, we, we did a lot of different things. And I don't recommend letting your kids be raised by carnies, but uh, <laughs> uh, nonetheless, here I am. Uh, but uh, anyway, Scott means wander. And, and I, I didn't know that until some years ago, um, but it, it fits, kind of fit me pretty pretty well. Uh, in scripture today, we're going to hear uh, some different characters, and and um, and, and, and Elimelech was uh, the father, the, the dad here, uh, that we're going to hear about, and his name was was uh, uh, God is my King, is what it meant. And Naomi, we see Naomi, and her her name means. Uh, one who is uh, again at, uh, at at peace and, and kind of a tra uh, tranquil kind of lady, um, kind of a, a patient, loving kind of person. And then their two sons, uh, uh, Melon and, and Killian, uh, they actually meant um, sick, sickly, and dying. Um, and and <laughs> can you imagine that? Hey, sickly, come on over here. Uh, I mean, that's just a. I mean, to me, I don't, I don't know if they were actually born that way or, or what, but as the story unfolds, you'll see exactly kind of um, the, well, their untimely death as, uh, as far as young people. But uh, this is an outstanding scripture that's going on here. Um, it's taking place in Bethlehem. Uh, this is a, you know, we, we, we know where Bethlehem is. We, we know that uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now, Jesus was after all this, obviously. But this is the promised land. This is where, where God had set these people aside. And, and if you know anything about the book of Judges, which I'm not going to get into real deeply here, but um, uh, what was going on here was a lot of chaos and a lot of people walking away from God and, and do, really doing their own thing. And, it, and, and this is what we're in the middle of. So verse 1, it says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. So right away we're hearing some, some, some different things going on that are, are affecting the family. I mean, you have to start putting your own life into these situations a little bit. 
because man of God. I mean, if if if, if, if I mean, if Emelik is the, the 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 man of God that we're kind of seeing what Scripture tells us here, um, you know, he's got to be sitting there wondering, okay, there's a famine going on. I can't feed my family. Can you imagine your kids getting up? Maybe that's why they were sickly and dying. I don't know. You know, there was a there was a famine. Were, I mean, this was a physical thing that was happening with the people. I mean, uh, Emelik was married. Naomi. I mean, she's probably wondering. You know, is the is the is the store going to be open tomorrow? Am I going to be able to get grain? Am I going to be able to get the things that I need? And 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 here we see the famine. So put that right in the on the top of the list as far as um, uh, headings, as far as getting into scripture and what's going on here. And together with what's what went to leave for a while. Back then, um, you know, they, they, they were looking at just for a while. They weren't looking at leaving for forever. Um, you know, I, I grew up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And, uh, and, and I, I still consider that home base. You know, that's my home. That's Everywhere else I go, I'm an alien to some, some degree. And, and every small town I've ever gone into, it takes a long time in order to not be that alien. You, if you weren't born and raised here, you're, you're an alien, um, you know, particularly in, in the small communities. Uh, a lot of you, you folks, you know, you, you were raised here, you grew up here, uh, you're living in homes that your, your grandparents even own, some, some of you. And, and, um, and so, you know, you're not a foreigner. You, you're, you have no concept of what a foreigner even looks like to some degree. Uh, but for myself, you know, uh, God says, okay, I want you to go to South Dakota. For what, um, you know? And, and, I mean, it was a it was a thing where I needed to go there and do ministry, and then he brings me to Indiana, and then he brings me to Bloomingdale, which I never heard in my life until I <laughs> until I started talking to you folks. So um, this is foreign to me as far as being out of, out of the land, and I know when I go back uh, to to Oshkosh, um, you know, I've been gone thirty roughly 35 years now. But when I go back, I see people I know. And, and it's amazing, because I'll be walking through a Walmart or I'll be at a restaurant or something, and someone says, oh, isn't that Scott? Uh, I remember I, I see one of my good friends, I haven't seen him since high school, um, which is 40-some years ago now. Um, but uh, he was across, a, across a, 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 the room at a restaurant, and he kept looking at me, and I was looking at him. I, couldn't, I didn't recognize him to save my life. And, and uh, my brothers and I, we kind of all look the same, so it's like they all, a lot of people know the Miller brothers in, in Oshkosh, good or bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, he comes over and he says, are you Scott Miller? I said, yeah. He goes, no, oh, I'm Greg Curtis. I don't know, I played football with him. I haven't seen him in 30 years, you know, it's, a, it's like, wow. But I, I could relate to this scripture a little bit because in, in verse 19, we don't need to go there, Jeanne, uh, but... Uh, uh, when they go back to Bethlehem after everything's said and done here, you know, there are people in the town that says, isn't that Naomi? Isn't that who, who isn't that, that, that Naomi who, who left some time ago? So let's go on to verse 2 here. It says, the, the, the man's name was Emelin, and his wife's name, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were, were Malian and, and Killian. They were from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Again, if you know anything about Scripture, Moab wasn't a place to go for Christians. I mean, Moab, in, in, you know, throughout Scripture, God is telling them, do not go to Moab. Matter of fact, stay away from those people because they're going to draw you down and, 
and, and, and, and put you in a hole. Um, so things haven't been pretty dire. I mean, that's like, that's like me going to uh, uh, another town that I absolutely wouldn't want to go to. I mean, like the, the middle town of Chicago. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't want to go to the middle, middle part of Chicago to save my life. You know, I love Chicago, but not the, 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 the rough sections. But here, now we got to think about this, and, and we can't put uh, uh, eliminate that down too much because his family is what? He's hungry. So he's trying to think, how do I feed my family? And, and you've all heard the, the, the phrase, you know, the, 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 the grass is greener on the other side. And that's kind of what was going on here. Moab wasn't affected by the famine at all. He knew that. And it wasn't that far away, really, away from, uh, from Bethlehem. But the Moabites weren't a group of people you wanted to necessarily raise your kids in. So this is what's going on with, with, um, with Elimelech. And, and again, his, his, his name is, 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 is uh, God is my king. So right away we're thinking, well, why didn't he trust God now? You know, if he trusted God, why, why, why did he have to do anything else? But again, we can't look down on him too much because he was saying, okay, what do I need to do to feed my family? In verse 3, it says, says now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, he died. And she was left with her two sons. Things are not going good for this family. I mean, here they are in a famine. They leave town. They're in a foreign country. Uh, and we see, it says, went to live there for a while. They weren't planning on staying there. But now here, the husband dies. He dies in the middle of all this stuff. Naomi's got to be thinking, what in the world is going on? And if you know anything about the, uh, the culture back then, it was very male-dominant. So when the husband died, it was responsibility of the sons now to take care of mom. And in uh, verse verse. Verse 3. Or, okay, where am I? You're on 3. Verse 3. So now Emelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. Okay, verse 4. Now, there's some hope here, because when someone passes away, and there's a wedding in the middle of all this, it's kind of a bittersweet thing, isn't it? You're kind of thinking, oh, man, it's, you know, so-and-so passed away, but now there's, you know, there's hope. They married Moabite women, which again was not an ideal thing. God, God really warned them about marrying Moabites and, and being involved with them. One named Oprah and the other Ruth. And after they had lived there about 10 years, both Melian and Killian also died. Famine, leave my home, husband dies, now my two boys die. Things aren't going good. I mean, you have to be thinking in the back of your head, you know, where's God in the middle of all this? Why is God allowing this to happen? And one thing we need to really understand is that, you know what, because of the fall, things happen in our life. We don't have control of that. Things are going to happen because we are sinful people. We live in a sinful life. We are broken vessels. Now Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Verse 6, it says, When Naomi heard in, in Moab, no, no, 
Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of the people by providing food for them. She and her daughter-in-laws prepared to return home from there. There's a little hope here, isn't it? She's hearing there's food back in Bethlehem. There's, there's a way out. There's a way to, to return with this. Now, now here's, here's two women, young women, and, and they're kind of stuck. You know, they, 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 they married these, these guys and they died and, and they're, they're stuck with the, the mother-in-law. Who would want to be stuck with their mother-in-law? Don't answer that. <laughs> but they were preparing to return home. In verse 7, it says, With her two daughters in law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Now, here, here's Naomi. I mean, she, she's up in age now. Okay, her husband died, her, her two boys died, and, and she's heading back. And, and, and she's taking her, her, her daughter-in-laws with her. And right away I'm thinking, that's pretty good daughter-in-laws. It's pretty nice of them to, 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 to go and, and, and be back with them. But she got enough further, far enough away to say goodbye to them. She knew that if she was going to talk to them at the time and say, you know what, I'm going to go back to Bethlehem alone, they probably would have said, oh, Naomi, stay here. We can take care of you. Verse 8, it says, Then Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as, as you have shown kindness to the dead, to, to, your, to, to your dead husbands and to me. Verse 9, may the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. She cared enough about her daughter-in-laws to say, you know what? There, there's not much future with me. I'm, I'm an old gal. You know, I, I, I'm not going to be able to, um, you know, you need to have husbands. You need, you need to be taken care of. You need to be ones who have, have a history. And it says back here, it says, you need to return to your mother's home. You only hear of that like twice in the Bible. You know that? Return, it usually says return to your father's home. But the mother's home here, some of the research I looked at it, was they were, they were saying you need to go back to your mother's home where, where things started, where, where you were given birth, where, where you can start a new life. It says, then she kissed them goodbye and they wept. Can you imagine that? Three women together crying? Hallelujah. That's, that's a dig. And said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, verse 11, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons who, who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there, there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons. In other words, she's saying, you know what, even if I had kids tonight, they're not going to be there for you to marry. You're not going to wait around. So don't be doing that. Wait, you know, you need to go home. Verse 13, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more, more bitter for me than for you. Because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Now here we, we got to remember Naomi and 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 Elimelech. 
they, they were they were godly people. I mean, they, they were content in, in, in Bethlehem, you know, learning the, the, the religions of their of their of their, their forefathers and the word and the scriptures and stuff like that. And here she's right away, you know, she's saying, you know what, God turned against me. Again, how many of us sit back when things happen to us and we say, you know what, why is God against me? God's not against her. Look at the provisions already. Can you, can you see God in a, in, a, in, a, in a regular, everyday life of his miracles and his provisions? A lot of times we look for that spectacular greatness of, of miracles, don't we? I mean, we want to see that, that huge thing that God is going to do. We don't look at the, the little things. Yes, she lost her husband. Yes, she lost her, her two boys. But he also said, you know what? I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide food back in Bethlehem. She's not seeing that. She's just seeing the down, downfall of a lot of things at this point. Verse 14. It says, As they wept aloud again, and Oprah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth, Ruth clung to her. Verse 15. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going, going back to, to her people and her gods. Go back with her. This is a huge turning point for, for Ruth. Mother-in-law, Naomi says, go back to your people and your gods. You see, the Moabites worship other gods. They, 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 didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have the Heavenly Father. They didn't have the, the God that, that uh, Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob knew. They had gods of Baal. Or ball, whatever, however you want to say it. They worship these other gods. So Ruth, she watched Naomi. She watched Elimelech. She watched the the sons probably and how they talked and how they acted and how they they made the god of, of, of you know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob her god. She she doesn't want this. She doesn't want to go back to her people and her gods. This is what Ruth says. I love this statement. It says, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Because where you go, I'll go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. If even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. This is huge. Where you go, I'm going to go. Where you dwell, I dwell. And look it up in the, in, the, in the King James Version if you have one at home or online later. Because it's really deep. Where thou goes, I'm going to go. Where thou dwellest, I'm going to dwell. I mean, those are those are the words that are, are in the in the... You know that, that are more, uh, you know, conducive to the to, to the, the Hebrew and the in the Aramaic uh, terminology here. I mean, this is this is huge because we got to look forward down the road. You know, where where we see the, uh, the, the you know the, the the valley of decisions, which is Jesus Christ. I mean, can you imagine Jesus looking at us? I think I think he does on a daily basis. You know, will you be my son? Would you be my father? 
Will you be my savior? These are decisions we need to make because right here, this is the decision time, isn't it? And this is where we see the grace of God coming into it because what Naomi says, she says, you know what? I don't want my other gods. I want the God. And that opens up a whole new future. Now, I don't necessarily look at predestination, all these kind of things, but as we get in through Scripture, and even later down the road, we'll see the impact that this decision that she has when she's in the valley of, uh, of decision-making here, and how that affects David and Jesus down the road. I mean, this is a huge thing where we were seeing this come in. Now, Naomi, she's still having a pretty rough time, right? I mean, Ruth lost her, her husband, but here, here, I mean, you know, Naomi, she uprooted her family to go to a better place, which didn't happen. Her husband ends up dying. Her kids end up dying. And now she's going to go back to her homeland, which she's been away for at least 10 years, we hear. She's been away a while. How, they will, how will they accept me there? How will they look at me? That value of decision making, to me, is the greatest part of this scripture. Because you know what? It wasn't about Naomi. God used those situations to what? Bring Ruth. Who believe in God. Naomi already knew who God was. She already trusted him. Now she's she's floundering a little bit in her in her um, her uh, her life as far as about her God. But I believe she doesn't ever totally get away from it. But here she witnessed and she gave testimony to a God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. And here's Ruth saying, I want your God. I don't want my gods. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna die in the grave with you and I'm gonna rise to eternity with you. Now, this is this is my decision. This is this is where I'm coming to, and that's where we gotta realize that our decision to follow Jesus Christ is our decision. He gives us free will. You can choose not to, and you can choose to. So what God are you gonna serve? I mean, are you gonna are you gonna be the one each each day to say, you know what, you're you're my God. Naomi's God is the one I'm gonna follow. Verse 19 says, so the the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem, and when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women explain. Can, can you imagine a bunch of women sitting around saying, oh, I think that's Naomi. She put a little weight on it. I don't know. <laughs> Again, these are, these are human beings. These are human beings. But then they said, can this be Naomi? They obviously knew her. They, 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 they realized and, and recognized who she was. And then this is what Naomi says. I mean, you know, again, she could have she could have rejoiced and said, you know what? My daughter-in-law came to a living faith in God today. Instead, she says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. 
Come on. Really? I went away full. She didn't go away full, did she? She went away hungry. She, she, she was starving at the time. They were, they were trying to find a place to eat. It says, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The, the Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Misplaced blame. Can you blame her though? I can't. We get to that point sometimes, don't we? I mean, things are going bad in our lives and things are falling apart. And we wonder, where is God? And, and even back here in, in, in Judges, you know, God was distant for a while. And they're wondering, where is God? Why isn't he taking care of us better? But he does. He started bringing food into Bethlehem again. When's the last time you went to the grocery store and started picking things off the shelf and said, Thank you, Lord, for my provisions. Thank you, Lord, for my, my Cheerios and, and, and my milk and my eggs. And I mean, do we ever sit down and, and really thank God the way they did back then? I mean, we take food for granted. He provides it. He gives us people like John and, 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 and our farmers to, 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 to plant it and grow it, but he provides it. I always thought that was a kind of a miracle, you know, that how, how does Walmart know that they need two, two cases of Colgate on the shelves at a certain time, you know? I mean, they keep track of that with the computer, and all of a sudden it just shows up. But God is the one that's providing it. The computer keeps track of it. But it's amazing to me how we lose track of that. I've talked to kids over the years. I asked one kid, I said, I said where, where, where does milk come from? <coughs> Grocery store. I said, yeah, but how did it get there? Uh, a truck? I don't know. I mean, they had no idea, you know, about a milk, you know, milking a cow. You know, our kids nowadays, you know, even our adults, some of them, have no idea the magnitude of our food supply. We are fortunate and blessed people to be able to walk into a store. You know, I've been over in, in Belize and in, in Honduras and places, and I've gone to the corner market. And they got one loaf of bread on, on the shelf. And I said, when, when's your bread coming next time? I have no idea. It comes whenever it gets off the boat. Because they don't bake it there. There's no bakeries in those places most of the, most of the time. So they got to wait for... Can you imagine bread being shipped from Florida or something? By the time it gets there in a hot container, it's probably not very good. The amazing part, again... In, you know, the name Bethlehem means the place of bread. Isn't that ironic? The place of bread. They had to leave the place of bread to find bread. But Naomi, we have to have compassion for her. And we'll see some change of hearts and different things happen in here. But, but to me, the grace of God in this whole thing is, again, not necessarily Naomi, but Ruth. <laughs> and even Naomi, God's providing even when she's not seen. I'm not sure exactly, you know, what she was looking at or, or how she was feeling, but obviously, you know, going through those those turmoils and those crises in our lives, we get pretty down. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mar, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. 
In verse 22, so Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. They're going home to an abundance. They're going home to a blessing. And I pray that that um, as as we get into the scripture, you're going to start seeing some of these things. Next week, we're going to get into chapter 2 and, and, and really look at some of the areas um, of, of uh, Ruth's life and Naomi's life and where, where things are at and how God uses different things in order to move people on. But today, I want us to really think and concentrate Again, not on ourselves. Because we can look at our, our own life, a lot of it, and say, man, this, is, this really stinks. All these things that are going on with my life, all the things are falling apart. You know, pretty much God has just inflicted, uh, you know, all a bunch of garbage on my life. Try to look at the people around you that might be watching you. Saying, your God is my God. Your people are going to be my people. You see, that's how the kingdom of God gets built up. That's how, that's how he uses different people in different situations. He doesn't give, say, the air is our life when we get punched in the face, so to speak. Our low points. The high points is when we get that light bulb turned on to really see how he's using that situation. God doesn't inflict us. He doesn't sit up there and go, oh, I wonder how they're going to handle this. You see, when we open up the door for Satan to get into it, that's when our, our thinking goes crazy. And I believe that's what was going on with Naomi here. You know, Satan was getting into her head. He was getting into her head and saying, you know, you need to doubt, doubt your God. You need, to, you need to walk away. You need to do, you know, things different than what you've been doing. But again, something and somewhere in their life, she was an impact on Ruth. And it made a, a big difference. Again, these are real people dealing with real issues. This isn't a parable. This isn't a, a cute little story, a little fairy tale. You know, a lot of times we, we sit down and we're reading scripture and we're thinking, oh, you know, you know, is God gonna gonna you know relieve these people like they did the ones coming out of Egypt? Are they gonna do some miraculous thing? We'll see. God uses every bit that happens in our life for His glory and for His purpose. So, my prayer, first of all, you're not going through things in your life, but if you are, I pray you're, you're staying focused on, on the God who does deliver who promises not to leave us nor forsake us. The one who promises to empower us and to, to give us a future and a hope. Again, I love where Ruth went with this. 
I mean, she, she made a huge decision. And I think we do that daily. I think we're in a valley of decision making daily. Do I make God my God? Or do I allow this over here to take over that? Pray that we stay strong and, and vigilant in looking at what God does provide. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word this morning and, and for just opening our eyes to situations in our life. And a lot of times, Lord, we feel like, again, the, the, the world is against us, that you're against us, Lord. And Father, we know that's not true. But Father, I, I pray that if anyone is struggling and going through things in their life, that, that you, Lord, are showing that you're there in the small things as much as you are in the big things. And Father, we, we just need to look and, and to be concentrated on, on, on your provisions, on your love and your grace and your mercy towards us. Because Lord, you, you delivered Naomi out of a bad situation. Why they were even, why they, how they even ended up there if they had a discussion together, Lord, you know, the husband and wife, or if Elimelech just made a decision or Naomi encouraged it, it doesn't really matter. They ended up where they were at. And, and Lord, you opened up the door to, to get them back home and to, to provide for them. And Lord, as we continue in with your, your word and your, your, your direction and your scripture and how you work through people, regardless of situations. We thank you for sending your son for us. And Lord, if anyone's in that, in that valley of decision-making this morning, I pray that they can, they can seek you out. Because you are calling us by name. So Father, be with us now as we, we go into quiet worship. Just be able to concentrate on you, Lord. And give thanks. Not because of our situations, but through all our situations. We thank you, Lord, for, for everything you do for us. How you love us and take care of us. In your son.